Is this mine? Yeah, that's yours. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank Cheers. you. Cheers. Cheers. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. <sighs> <laughs>to Maker and Creator, the podcast about creativity, culture, and how it affects us. My name is Jai Smith, and I'm joined once again for the third season running by my co-host, Alex Adams. Yay, third season, season three, woo! Woo. Yeah. I feel like we should have a season three theme song. No, I like the... Yeah, I like that one. I was going to say, could you start introducing, and then I'm like, it'd be really jarring to hear you, and then not me, and then me explain that. Yeah, no, everyone knows. You do the intro, Mm. then I do the, hey, Jai, how's your week been? Well, my week's been good, but today I'm really excited. This is actually the first part of my week that I'm excited about. (laughs) Is it Tuesday? It's a Tuesday. It's Tuesday. (laughs) Uh, Tonight, and it's tonight, we have uh, Marie L. Daggle. Joining us, who has a variety of uh, achievements under her belt, but tonight we're going to talk about how do we make people laugh. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the interesting things we did, Marie and I knew each other in a previous life at a PR agency where things weren't so comical and <laughs> less, <laughs> less exciting and just boring. Um, because I think, you know, a lot, a lot of what we've been talking about, Alex, is as we kind of think about the culture of creativity, one of the things I've been reading about recently in a book called Planet Funny, which is by Ken Jennings, you've got to read it if you mm, haven't read it. Yes, okay, you've, you've sent it to me, I've got it on my list. Which talks about how basically our entire culture is now based on comedy. So basically the idea that as, as movies have progressed, as the internet has evolved, the amount of funny things we're exposed to has increased exponentially. Marie, tell us about yourself. How, how did you end up being a comedian? Oh, my God. Well, firstly, let's go easy on the title comedian. I've only been doing it for a very, very short time, but thank you. Um, I So just a little bit about me first. Yeah. So I've been working in marketing and PR for over 20 years, and as part of that I've also been involved in communication training, media training, et cetera, and the like. And I've always liked to make people laugh. Since I was a kid, nothing makes me happier than making people laugh. And actually, one of the things I used to get bad feedback on when I was a junior coming up the ranks in corporates <laughs> was like, tone down the jokes. Oh, okay, just Don't be take funny. It easy. That was a real thing. Well, yeah, I think I lacked the maturity to know when a good time to crack a joke <laughs> was and when it was not. <laughs> Um, and so, but as I got better at that, as I got older, let me just add. Um, but then I, in my comms training, one of the things, particularly when I teach presentation skills to senior executives, et cetera, is we talk a lot about the management of nerves, yep. mm. particularly when you go on stage for the first time. Um, and one of the things that I reflected upon myself was that I don't get those nerves. Ever? No, no, I don't. When I'm in a presentation scenario um, that's, you know, if I'm presenting on a topic that I know really well, if it's comms or PR related or whatever, I don't get those nerves. But I sure miss them, if that makes sense. And I also wanted to bring to my clients um, something we both could relate to together, Mm. right? So I could teach the management of those nerves, but I hadn't had that experience Myself for a very long time, anyway. Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. As a kid, I did, but then I just didn't. 
So I've always wanted to make people laugh and I wanted to relate to them. And I thought, you know what? It'd be really great for me to just get up on stage. I've always wanted to do it. In fact, my dream oh. job would have been to be a writer on SNL or something like really? that. Yeah, I've always wanted to be a comedy writer. So I thought, okay, I think I'm going to do this. And then I turned 40 and my in-laws. How are you 40? Are you really 40? I'm 41, 40? sadly. Wow. But anyway, that's... Thank you. The compliments are coming in thick from this angle. Up your game, lady. Okay, I, All right, two from Jai, one from you. Okay. Um, and so when I turned 40, my in-laws actually bought me a gift voucher to NIDA. Oh, really? Amazing. That's so clever. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to do a stand-up comedy course and that was the beginning and I haven't wow. stopped. So going back to that kind of beyond turning 40, what was it about? either the age or what was that final leap into I'm just going to do this? Because as we kind of spoke about off air, I think a lot of people think about doing this but mm-hmm. probably don't. Look, for me, I've there ha- the only thing that was really holding me back personally was time. I just didn't have time. I work. Mm. Um, I've got kids. I've got two businesses I'm trying to grow. It just, you know, that I just never really had that time and then it was just a voice that kind of just kept getting louder and louder over time so I knew it wasn't something that was just going to go away Mm. so I thought okay you're 40 if you bomb who cares you're irrelevant now anyway you can just (laughs) bomb in private no one needs to know and move on so I thought what have I got to lose and what did they teach you at NIDA when you do uh, a comedy class because I've done TV <laughs> I've done TV presenting at NIDA um, and found that amazing and the biggest thing I took away from that course was I'd done a lot of public speaking I felt mm. very uncomfortable talking in front of a room full of people where you can watch their expressions and change the way that you present yeah. but when you're doing it down the barrel of a camera there is no feedback so yeah. that I, I found that a really good lesson to learn there and I think they do really good classes what did they teach you when you were doing your comedy classes oh so much. It was like rubber chickens and <laughs> <laughs> whoopee cushions. <laughs> you know, there actually was part of the training called clowning. Yes. Are you familiar with clowning? Yeah. Boy, did I suck at that. Really? Oh, what's oh, clowning? Yeah. And my teacher's like, Marie, stop thinking about it. And I'm like, yeah, but I want to know, like, what am I, like, you know, just over intellectualizing <sighs> and uh. thinking about things. And he's like, the idea is just walk out there and do anything, anything you want. And everything I kept doing was quite violent. Yeah. I don't know. Why. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. I feel really uncomfortable with this. Really? Make it stop. Um, but we did cover clowning. Um, we covered a lot of. Wait, wait, sorry. So clowning is where you go on the stage and it's the first thing that comes to yeah, your mind. You just, whatever. It's very. Um, it's well, in my, in my course yeah, anyway. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it was, you just kind of get out there on stage, no thinking, no thought, just get out there and do whatever comes to you in that moment. Yeah. And repeat it and see where it takes you. Oh, and it's very physical too. So you do have yeah. to kind of um, depend a lot upon your kind of physicality and movements and so on. Because it's like the physical, I heard it once described as the physical and the absurd come together. And yeah. so, yeah, it's that idea that if you're a really good clown, it's like a Pollock painting. It looks random, but it's not. But it is that idea you can tap into your subconscious and then deliver something out of it. Yeah. Because there's still got to be a narrative there, but you need to make it look like there's not. Is that something, something near it? That, yeah, there does. It's a very simple narrative, yeah. not a complex one, yeah. and it'll go where it goes. But it's got to have that clarity of a like start, middle, and finish to some degree. No, or not. no, oh. no. no. Really. just improvise. Get out wow. there, do something, repeat it, make people laugh through the absurd. Yeah. Um, and I really sucked at that, <laughs> and I felt like um, by the time I had done this course, 
uh, I had been in very corporate roles, you know, you, uh, very senior corporate roles, and you learn to control a lot of your body, of your emotions. And same with parenting, except when you lose your shit, but that's different. <laughs> um, I should have tapped into that, actually. But anyway, <laughs> um, and I just felt really stiff. I actually could not let go. How so I could not be absurd and I could not just be silly and um, instinctive in that moment. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I sucked at that. But going back to what they covered, they covered a lot of ground in two days, things from um, the constru- how to construct a joke. Yep. What's funny anyway? How do you make things funny? We spoke a lot about language and the use of language and, and um, rhythm and pace, for yep. example. Mm. It's very similar, very, very similar to how you would write a speech or present a speech. Mm. Yeah. There, there's so many similarities there, except you can say dick and fuck and all of that <laughs> kind of shit um, <laughs> if you want to. <laughs> so, again, like it is interesting, especially coming from like a communications background, yeah. you will you will dissect it, you will put it into a process and you will want to create like um, meaning to things that are kind of instinctual too because you've done yeah. them for so long. What is it though that, is, is so kind of meaningful to you about making people laugh? I just like seeing people happy. I really do. I think there's – you just have to find – and I'm an optimist anyway, so I always have found that when I'm in a tense situation, be it with a client or with someone else, you've always got to find a way to kind of diffuse something yep. and lighten it up in order to be able to tackle it openly and honestly and then move forward with it. And one of the most disarming tactics in those scenarios is to actually be human and make someone laugh Mm. or to make someone smile. So I think um, from that perspective, I actually forgot what the fuck you asked me, Jai. Yeah, I I think you answered it. I think it's really like why make people laugh because there are like I know I do it and I Similar to you, I, I love it so much. Doesn't and then I'm like, good? should I stop doing this? Like, am I, am I always going to be a child? Like, I was talking to somebody about every time I've started a new job, I'm like, this is going to be the job I'm a grown-up in, you know? Like, I'm going to put on a collared shirt and, you know, really, yeah. really be serious at work. And I'm just not. Like, it's just... But you're still really successful and you're still very good at what you do and you're still Mm. very capable. And one of the things that's always bothered me in life in general is that if you are seen as somebody who's jovial or fun or in my case even having curly hair (laughs) and leaving it out, seriously, people think that you're just a joker and find that, you know, you need to have, you need to be straight-laced, straight hair, not crack jokes in order to be taken seriously. Mm. Why is that? I don't think that's the case at all. Yeah. And I actually think some of the best comedians are actually the most intelligent people, um, particularly if you look at for the likes of the John Stewarts or the, mm. the Stephen Colbert's or mm. the um, Sean McAuliffe's, for example. They're really smart people, uh, but they're able to pull things together that are really witty, that can take something that's quite serious. Mm. And educate you in the process while they make you laugh. Yeah. I think John Oliver is a perfect example yes, of someone who definitely. does that. Yeah. And, and kind of leading from that, one of the questions I had was around, there's this idea that the funniest things always start from a point of truth. Talk us through kind of your process to kind of writing jokes and kind of knowing how to connect with your audience and kind of how does that connect back to your own experiences? Okay. Which one do you want me to answer first? <laughs> Just whatever you want. Okay, <laughs> okay. All right. I'll, I'll wing it. Um, look, I think the point of truth matters because in comedy, like with anything when you're communicating to a group of people, is you have to have something that resonates. Yep. Right? So you've got to talk about something they understand. Otherwise, how are they going to see the humour in something they've never experienced before? Yeah. 
So, um, yeah, finding that truth is critical. Knowing your audience is critical. Understanding who it is you're talking to um, and what they're going to not only relate to but like to hear from you. You know, I did um, I did a set. My first ever set was at a place called What She Said. It's, it, right. it's at the Chippo. Yep. You heard of the Chippo? <laughs> All right. No, right. the Chippo. Chippo. Well. All right. That was my first ever performance. Um, and you get four minutes. Were you nervous? Yeah. You got the nerves. Oh, okay. So your yeah. nerves came back. So your legs did come back. Are you back. kidding me? Yeah. I drank a bottle of wine in a half an hour. Oh. Really? Rule number one. What's rule number one? If, you, if you're training someone, my first rule is don't ever drink, especially if you're new to this. Do not ever drink. Broke that rule on my first go. The second rule that I broke was don't let the negative thoughts take over. You yeah. know, you have to really exercise mind management, mind management when you're doing these kinds mm. of things. And I just was like, "Are you nervous? I'm nervous. Who's nervous? Are you are you shitting yourself? I'm shitting myself." And I just freaked <laughs> freaked myself out, freaked out the and people. everyone else, yeah. right? <laughs> slowly moving away from me, and I'm like, "Okay." Um, and then I went on stage and I did my set. I had four minutes. Yep. Um, and my set, I thought, was really funny. And there were parts where I would make jokes of how women look or how I look and the audience would just pull back. Um, and I had to kind of wheel them back in to kind of get some laughs from them. Um, and then when I watched back my set, I could see where people laughed and where they didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I contacted the organiser who's a, who's a um, brilliant comedian and sh- I said to her, what's the deal? Oh, and I actually said to her, sorry, I went for eight minutes. You had me oh. have oh. a cardinal rule. Anyway. And she said our audience typically is a very feminist bunch oh. and they don't like women taking the piss out of other women. Yeah. Right. And they certainly don't like it when you kind of put yourself down either. Interesting. In that and I was like, okay, that's really interesting. Yeah. Um, I just thought. So like know your audience. Or, you have to yeah. know your audience. So it's funny because a lot of the things that I already know from a communication or a presentation perspective, um, I ignored in the first instance when mm. I did my my first set. But speaking, finding that um, truth and knowing what your audience is going to connect to and laugh at mm. is a big part of the job. But how could you know that before going in? You Well, you could know that. Yeah. You can ask questions, of course. I mean, wouldn't you – coming in here, I listen to your podcast to kind of get a feel. Oh, yeah for, you know, what you guys are like yeah. and the kind of stuff. Like, are you going to ask me about my history, ex-husbands? Mm. Like, what? I don't know. <laughs> no, well, let's, let's no, no, we will not go there, but I'm just <laughs> saying. Get another bottle. There, <laughs> there, there are ways, of course you can know. You can speak to other people. I knew someone else that was right. going there. I knew my teacher had told me about this. I could have asked him. Um, so I could have gotten a better feel, but the only way you're ever going to know yeah, is by giving it a go. Get up there and try. But then, like famous comedians, they 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 do their thing, right? You either love or hate Amy Schumer. You either love or hate, you know, any other comedian out there. Um, but there's different types of comedy, isn't there? Mm-hmm. So there's that sort of self-deprecating humor. There's yep. um, imi- uh, taking life. Uh, actions like the Seinfeld approach to comedy. Yeah. That's like yeah, another observational comedy. observational yeah. comedy. Yeah. Uh, so there's different types. Do you set out as at the beginning of starting your comedian career or becoming a comedian, going, okay, this is the, st- the style that I want to do? Do you define that before, or does it all of a sudden define you? You know, it's a really funny. It's a really good question because I've asked myself that that too, that very question. And I think it's a mix of both. I naturally, I'm a storyteller. Mm. That's what I've done for many years. That's what I, that's what I do best. Observational. I just know 
No, I'm not that good at it. It's not something that day to day I've ever naturally found myself doing or making jokes yeah. about. Yeah. So it felt more comfortable for me. But you've got to try. I mean, un- unless you try things, you really just don't know. And there's been material that I absolutely categorically said I don't want to do. Like what? I never wanted to talk about being Lebanese ever. Didn't oh. want to. No, didn't How could want to you not talk Le- about it? How could you not? But I You're was a walking like, Lebanese flag. Like it's, uh-huh. it's, but the it's thing great. Is, the thing <laughs> is, is that I also kind of felt like the Lebanese stereotype is really funny. So I knew hands if I was not going to do le- the one kind of comedy I would not do was kind of take the piss of the Lebanese stereotype. Yeah. Um, because there's so much more to the Lebanese community. Right, than that, right. You know? Um, but then as time went on. <laughs> <laughs> this is getting the most laughs, I'll just do it. <laughs> you know, people want to hear it, um, but they want to hear how it relates to you personally. Yeah. So what I said I would never do, I've actually started to do, and it's been some of my best right. oh, material. I think the funniest part of from what I've seen on you online is when you imitate your mum. <laughs> That's yeah. my favourite, when you imitate your mum. I'm like, can you just do a whole skit on your mum? Like, I, uh, I want to yeah. meet your mum. And, like, and I also said I would never, ever make fun of my mum. And uh, there I was on no, stage. No, but I, you know, you know, I don't know if it's making fun, but I feel like you're, but, you know, when it was feeding from the top, emptying from the bottom. <laughs> We'll put, we'll, 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 put a, we'll put a link. We'll put a link to you guys. But I was, uh, you know, my mum's Greek, and so you know, I think so many people can empathise yeah. if they've got any sort of multicultural background. Yeah, but I just yeah. thought it was wonderful, <laughs> and yes, and I, people love mum stories. They right? do, so yeah. even if they're not Lebanese yeah. or Greek. Everyone or whatever, knows you love your mum. You know, even if you're taking the piss. Funny. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah, I love that. That's good. Um, how do you? I, I completely understand and empathise where you're coming from that you'd lost the butterflies and the nerves mm-hmm. because I feel like I've lost that when I'm presenting. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely don't have that. And I think we was saying off air that I've always secretly thought, wow, I would love to, you know, that would be such a challenge to do stand-up comedy. Mm-hmm. So after you did the NIDA course, so it was a two-day course. It was a weekend. A weekend. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. And did you feel like, cool, now I'm a comedian? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so funny now. I'm going to go do shows. I did not update my Instagram bio or okay. my Twitter bio to say comic. No, um, I think I have described myself as a as a newbie or a you know comedian wannabe. But no, I definitely didn't start, and I still feel uncomfortable with the title. To be yeah. honest, why? Because I just I've still got so long to go. But I, I mean, technically speaking, yeah, yeah I am. You've you done know, it. I'm starting and I'm doing it. But then again, you look. I don't know. I kind of feel like that little shit kicker who's come in. <laughs> You know, I know, I know it's great. That's such a millennial attitude, isn't it? But for me, (laughs) I kind of felt like I had to earn my stripes before I could call myself that. But yeah, absolutely, I am. It's something that I'm Mm. pursuing and that I that I enjoy. But um, there's people doing it so much better than me at the moment. But there's always going to be (laughs) even the best of the best comedians would look at other comedians and think, oh, they're they're doing it so much better. Yeah, I would just be shit scared that no one would laugh. Is that a rational? I think that's a rational fear, right? I'd get up oh, there, I'd I, do my thing, and no one would laugh. Were you scared about that? No. Okay. Or did you pay people in the audience? I, I tell you why. I tell you why. I tested what I was going to get up yeah. and say. Okay. So I didn't stand there. I mean, if there's one thing that I've been my whole life, it's prepared. Okay. I can't go into any scenario <laughs> unprepared. And when I train my clients um, before they present or do a media interview, it's all it's eighty percent preparation. Um, so I went on that stage prepared. Uh, it was material that I had started to form with my teacher anyway. So yeah. I had, because part of the course is you do write your first set. Okay. So I did have a rough set that I continued to hone and work on. 
Um, I tested it on my friends. I tested it on my husband who's doesn't laugh at anything. Um, and I said, what do you think? And he went, meh. I went, that's good. Oh. That's great. Come in, you know, to get a yeah, yeah. That's good. Um, and then I just had to take from there, there was only way to find out and I had yeah. to get on stage. And you know what? At the end of the day, the reality is Kevin Hart has gotten up on stage as a professional and got no laughs. Yeah. Dave Chappelle has been booed off stage. Nothing makes me, f- nothing inspires me more than somebody's failure. And I think that's exactly why you should call yourself a comedian straight away. Almost knowing that those things happen and yeah. who, who determines which stripes you wear, I think is... Is, is you. Yeah. You're right. You're absolutely right. Okay, please refer to me now. As the comedian. Because we're comedian. comedian. I hate to tell you, we're not the best podcast as well, but <laughs> no. I, I still write it on every, every fucking new business proposal. Podcast. Podcaster. Yeah. So what would be, if you think you're funny, yeah. how do you test if you're funny? If, you, if you're not ready... <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard you just laugh at a question. Well, I can give you that was not funny. I know you both of you I thought it was funny. Heads up, I was just thinking like, oh yeah, yeah, no, it's not funny. <laughs> you know, no one needs to tell you. Open mic nights are all over Sydney. Oh, all God, you would need to do scary. is rock up to an open mic night and give it a go. Do you want, do you want but to do those it? people who rock up and they look like, oh, I just you know, came out of the audience and ha here's some funny material I'm making <laughs> up on the spot. They're not making it up, are they? They're prepared pretty much, haven't they? Most okay. would be okay. prepared. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, most would yeah. be prepared. Would you do it with me if I did it? Can we plant some laughter? Come in on, there let's just, because I went to the Black Sheep at um, Newtown. Have you been to that one? No. And coming back to your point around what if no one laughs? Sitting in that audience, some people got up who weren't funny. Really? But you want them to be funny so much because you know it's an open mic night. That you just laugh at any awkward little thing? But or? you laugh at them knowing that they haven't made anyone laugh. Oh. They don't fall to pieces. Generally, they laugh. Oh, some so, do, Jai. Oh, yeah. Ooh, really? <laughs> I did Especially one. when you heckle them all the time. Has anyone cried? <laughs> I did one open mic night. I swear there were these two tradies sitting in the front that would not fucking laugh at anything. Aww. Are we allowed to swear on this? Yeah. Yeah. I've done it about five times. I'm glad I asked now. <laughs> and they just would not laugh at anything. And I remember thinking, Jesus. Anyway, I got up. I was at the end. I think I got a, ha, the whole set. However, that same set at another venue with another audience did really well. And so one of the things with comedy is that you you can't just judge your material on the one set with the one audience. Actually what you have to do is just keep freaking trying. Go Mm. to as many open mic nights as you can. And then what you do is you watch record everything. You watch yourself back and you go, okay, well how could I have gotten to that punchline quicker or better or what was missing that kind of didn't set that joke up properly. And so what it is is constant trial correction, trial Mm. rewrite, trial edit until you end up with a set that 80% of the times is going to do really well in front of an audience. So my material hasn't changed much in the last six months. So I keep introducing and trying new jokes here and there to kind of seed it in. But for the most part, I've got stuff that works and the audience has come for a show. You've got to give them a show. Right. Yeah. yeah. But then you also have to try new stuff. So I kind of just try to inject something new here and there and just keep refining until I have solid material that I know works before I move on to anything else. Mm. So coming and again, not to repeat the question on why you do it, but what keeps you coming back? Because there is no end. Like you could just keep trying and like you keep building it up. But what keeps driving you to build that resilience to like doing, yeah, 50% of the rooms who don't laugh and 50% that do? You know, most people will tell you stand-up comedy is the scariest thing you can do. 
you know. It sounds like it, the scariest yeah, thing I know? would ever do, stand up. Well, yeah. Really, you did. Terrifying. By the end of this, we should definitely by the end of this. this show, I'm going to talk you into doing oh it. We'll get to yeah. that in a second. But You're real nervous. <laughs> I know. It makes me nervous. I just, yeah, it's that fear of, I don't know, it's, you know, like me. Do you like me? Like <laughs> laugh at me. Yeah, and it's a big validation thing, It right? is. It's putting yourself so far out of your comfort zone. And when you're presenting and you're on a more serious or even if it's, you know, you're interviewing people, yeah. that's fine. Yeah. I think the other thing that I'm a, I've – I'm comfortable with is, you know, acting classes or anything like that. Like I, I wouldn't you put me in, I can interview anyone or I can stand in front of a room full of a thousand people yeah. and present on anything, but get me to act like a cow or a cat <laughs> or make a funny joke in front of a room, anything that's acting or comedy. And I just uh, really, I'm, I'm not in control. And I think that's what scares me is the lack of control. Also the immediate feedback, right? Like yeah. you don't get laughs. It's like you yeah. die a slow death on that stage, let me tell you. Oh. It's hard. But it's also exhilarating. It's fun. Like I've learned. I cannot tell you how much I've learned over the last six months yeah. about myself. About what, what sort of things? I'd love to know. Well, firstly about how resilient yeah. I am, how yep. resilient others can be, how much you learn from failing if you let yourself how, what a gift feedback is. What a gift. Yeah. Like someone to tell you that joke was really good or I don't know about that. Um, it's just, you know, especially, I mean, I work for myself. So no one's, clients give me feedback from time to time um, when I ask for it or demand yeah. it. But mostly, you know, I'm not sitting in a performance review every six months with someone going, hey, great work. To, you know, we spoke to your, your team and they said you're really, really fun. <laughs> You know, you don't get that. So, I don't know. It's just there's something about that audience engagement and that feedback you get from the audience that just keeps you going back. Well, there'd be a huge part of human connection around it because I think, you know, especially and you having quite senior positions and now running your own company, it gets quite lonely. Yeah. You don't get that feedback to kind of – it comes down to like that level of social reinforcement to know that where you belong is based on how other people perceive you, not to the point of, you know, driving you insane, but it does let us know that we belong and that we're doing something – that's good. Yeah. What what would what would be your and I, I reckon you can do this, you're the only person I'd put on the spot. What's your what's your five step plan from going from Alex Adams here, <laughs> <laughs> who is visibly nervous physically nervous, to uh, to yourself and giving it a go and you know con- to continue giving it a go. Five steps. All right. Five steps. Here's what we're gonna do. <laughs> I love this. Okay. okay. <laughs> Step number one mm-hmm. is you just sign up for something that's called pitch to punchline that's running right now. Pitch to punchline. I'm writing this down for you. Yeah, write this down for me. Now, pitch to punchline is something that I did last year. Yes. um, And it's essentially a comedy gala for people in the media and marketing industry, which you are. You're a podcaster. That's it. You're in. Mm -hmm. Um, And what they do is they provide you with a mentor and a really warm learning environment through which you can learn to write a set. And then they help you rehearse it build the confidence to get up on stage. You'll do it multiple times in front of small audiences to get the confidence to do it. And if that's not enough, when they do hold the big night, which, by the way, is at the Comedy Store as part of the Sydney Festival. I mean, really? You don't want to – hello, bragging rights. Even if you bomb, no one needs to know. Yeah. Um, And then all the money that's raised goes to Batir, which is a a charity, and they help – youth basically understand and deal with depression okay so if that's not enough i don't know what is it is such a gentle entry into the stand-up world yep and i promise you once you do it you will be addicted and that's one step 
And do it's I the only step? I like that. It's great. I That's love it. It's a good step. It's better. Do I need to come with ideas around? Oh, I think this is funny material. Can we workshop it, or do they give you a topic to start? It's on? all you. And okay. Alex, you know, if this is something that you've ever had in your head, you already know what you mm. want to do. We all do. Like you know, you've got. You've got the you've got the jokes in there, but finally you've got an opportunity to put them on paper and have somebody who, by the way, the mentor is Cam Knight, who's incredible. He's so funny. He's so lovely. Um, and Gareth, who runs it, he's also, even though he's not a comedian, he is such a witty human um, and an incredible writer. So I found, as I went through the process, he would help me refine some of my set too and give me mm. things to think about and, and help me tighten up some of the jokes. So it's such a supportive environment yep. and it's fun. If it went nowhere, if yeah. it went absolutely nowhere, does it matter? No. You will never have an experience like it again oh if there's nothing else that you wanted to do with it. And I think you should. Should we do it, Jai? We should do it. Listeners, I should we do it? Should do it. <laughs> Definitely do it. Okay, so when is this pitch to punchline? Okay, now is you're up. Soon? I mean, I'm not their paid Okay, no, 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 no. no. All right, we're <laughs> Although I might hit episode, them up yeah. for a fee. You should. All right, we'll look it up and we will consider doing it. Jai, yeah. will you do it? I'll do it. I'll do it. Okay. Yeah. Oh. The done thing. Yeah. I love that there. We're good again. I love that there's a. Um, uh, there's such a. a clear rules of engagement with comedians and, and comedy in general. Like it's 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 super clear on that stuff. And there's the pod, like one of the podcasts, and I'll say this on air just to give them the kudos, but um, and you hate this podcast, which is always oh, funny. So on my, your bus. My, <laughs> my favorite podcast, Alex Doesn't Like, which doing this I always think is really interesting. Because yeah. they go so off topic and that's kind of why. Oh, they I just dribble. <laughs> <laughs> and they're three comedians, but yeah. through listening to that for over three and a half years now, you start to learn what happens around the yeah. co- the, the, the different comedy scenes. Mm. So we're committed. We're doing okay, it. we're doing it. We're doing it. We're doing Fantastic. it. Fantastic. If anyone listening has any pointers whatsoever, anything to add to any other steps in the process, step one was great. It's going to get covered everything. <laughs> yep. Thank you, Marie. Any other pointers, hit us up. I know some people we should talk to. Okay. Local comedians. Okay. I also Yay. know some comedians we shouldn't talk to. Okay. You know who I'm referring to? No. no. Okay, talk to us. <laughs> Um, question about oh, so yeah, I was saying um, you can cut that bit. So so you seem super happy and seem to have a wonderful life. Often comedians have this funny persona on stage, but then can actually be hiding some depression and can actually be really sad in real life. Do you think? I mean, Robin Williams is a perfect example of that. Why do you think that is? Is it this sort of persona that they put on with? Comedy or, you know, is it just it, that's in every industry? It seems to be quite prevalent with comedians. Is I, it? I, no? I couldn't tell you from a prevalence perspective, mm. but I think it's actually interesting because one of the topics that um, I have down to, to cover for my blog is how do you get on stage and be funny when you're not in a funny mood? Yeah, that's and a good things are dark question. at the moment. And that's life. I mean, these people are professionals. Mm. You know, they're actual professionals and it's a performing art. So they are getting on there and they're performing and they're doing their jobs yeah. and they do it really well. And, I mean, I can see um, when we did the Opera House show, I remember watching the host, again, Cam Knight, who's a freaking genius. I cannot tell you how good he is. But backstage he wasn't being a larrikin and cracking jokes or whatever. He was in his own. Yeah. He's a pro, you know. They've got they, – they work towards how do I set – 
whatever I've got going on aside and put myself in the headspace to get up and perform and do what this audience came for and paid me for. Yeah. And that's, you know, we spoke earlier about mind management. That's a big part of performing mm. um, and getting yourself in that zone. Um, but in terms of is it prevalent with comedians being depressed, I really don't know. Isn't it pre- prevalent everywhere? Yeah, I, mean, I know. I don't think it's just comedy. It's it's everywhere, yeah. I guess. I think, that, I think what you're referring to is there's something like um, – there's something surprising to us when you know someone for being so funny and yeah. that's all you see that I think it's a much bigger shock when you realise they're not. Yeah. I think like Robin Williams or Owen um, Owen Wilson, you know, he tried to com- ooh, he tried to commit suicide but everyone knows him as the hilarious comedic actor. And Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever even seen wow? No. There's a mega clips of him saying wow. Wow. <laughs> oh, I always <laughs> think of him in a Zoolander. Oh, that dance, damn Hansel, he's so hot right now. Um, yeah. Are there any comedians that you absolutely love, like favourite comedians? Yeah, good question. God, well, I used to know when I was a kid, I swear I knew Raw and Delirious, Eddie Murphy. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I knew it off by heart. And we used to have it on cassette tape. You and can't get ice cream, you're on welfare. <laughs> How often do you use lines from Raw all and Delirious? The time. All the time. Lemonade. That cool refreshing drink. <laughs> I can't have a fucking lemonade without thinking about that fucking When you song. think about it, right? Oh, yeah. Or if a friend of ours is getting divorced and we're like, Eddie, <laughs> Eddie. give me half. We, you know, oh. Oh, I want half, whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, we grew up, I knew it off by heart and we'd uh, listen to it in the car on the way yeah. to our Catholic school and my mum would just throw the cassettes out the window oh. um, every time she'd hear the word fuck out the Ford Cortina. Um, but I love him. I love Chris Rock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, who else do I really love? Wanda Sykes. Brilliant. Who's Wanda Sykes? Okay, add that to the list. Brilliant, add it to the list. Um, I also love watching Stephen Colbert. Yeah. His show. Um, I used to love watching Jon Stewart. I'm still a big fan of his. Jerry Seinfeld. Yes. Can't go beyond Jerry Seinfeld. Um, I really like American comedy, to be honest. Um, Getting into the comedy scene, I've really opened myself up to local comedians. Yep. Um, And I just had never done that before. And when I went to the comedy store as part of our training, which I hadn't been for ages, the comedians there, they were hilarious. I was in Mm. stitches and I was like, okay, I've been so limited (laughs) right up until this moment. Mm. So I've started to really try to get out there more to get to know some of the more local comics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's, do you have favourite comedians? Um, I was just thinking, there's this, she's on Netflix, Ali Wu. Yeah, oh yeah. She Ali, is. Ali ha- Wong? Ali Wong, sorry, she's Ali so Wong. Funny. Yeah, she I love her is too. hilarious. Tiffany uh, Haddish? Do you like her? Have you seen is her? Is Tiffany the short Netflix? blonde? And she does the Grinchy. No, no. Who am no, I thinking She's got a show out at the moment. Um, her Netflix special is called, oh my God, don't get this wrong, Marie. The Black Bump, the. Something by Mitzvah, Black Mitzvah, I can't remember. Okay. Anyway, we'll something along along those lines. It's on Netflix now and it is absolute genius. Amazing. Yeah. Are there any comedians that you really don't like? You're like, oh, they're not even funny. <laughs> you know what? I actually can't bring myself to criticise any comedian that I see <laughs> at the moment. Think about it, right? They're on stage. They're getting a laugh. Who am I to say I like them, I don't like them? Yeah. Who cares? They've got an audience. They're laughing. They're on TV. I'm not. Yeah. I don't I, – I mean, me personally, like I said, I really love um, – uh, American comedian. Do you like Amy Schumer? Do I like not really? She look no, oh. she's not for me. Same with um, what's her name? See, Sarah? I hate Ricky Gervais. I, I think oh, he's an you? idiot. Like I'm just like you're not funny. I like the South Park when they were imitating Amy Schumer. And they're like, yeah, hey, hey, my vagina, because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's every joke she makes. <laughs> my vagina. <laughs> I could just listen to you say that. <laughs> <laughs> my vagina. <laughs> <laughs> my vagina. 
I'm here for voiceover. Yeah, you are. <laughs> yeah, wonderful. Cool. Uh, where can people see you? Thank you, you got, Thank yeah. you so much. You're so welcome. Where can they see me? Yeah, have it's you got different. a show coming up? It's different or? every week. I'm doing a lot of open mics at the moment and I try to, you know, I have to work around my job and my kids. <laughs> and so it's very last minute when I, when I sign up. But um, I think I've got one coming up at the end of Feb, but that's out in Blacktown. Um and when, what else have I booked? I booked another one recently in Alexandria called the Iron Duke. Okay. And that's also coming up in Oh, I love Fair. the Iron Duke because mm. the best nachos there. Do they? Yeah. Oh, really there good There you go. Go for the nachos and the laughs. <laughs> there you go. Far too many times. <laughs> Marie, thank you so much. Thank you I'm, for having I'm me. I'm so inspired. Jai, we're, we're doing do this. It. We're, we're going to do, do it. it. Okay, <laughs> we are going to sign up and we're going to do this. Thank you for the inspiration. Thank you for <laughs> coming welcome. on. I'll be there to watch you. Oh, <laughs> promise me you'll laugh. Please yeah, laugh, please, even if please it's not funny. Oh, and thank you guys for listening. This was our first episode of season three. Can you believe we're into season three no, already? Can't Crazy. Um, if you know any creatives out there, hit us up. If you love this podcast, maybe you've got someone out there who is quite funny in your group or has ever even thought about doing um, a comedy stand-up, anything, throw this episode their way. And we'll be back with our next episode next week. We will. Thank Thanks, you. guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you. find out more, visit yourgoodgetbetter.com to join the mailing list, Facebook group, or get in touch.